probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. Uh, welcome to our current affairs show. Thank you so much for listening. It is 8.15 on Tuesday the 1st of November. Joining me this evening, we have Alfie, Mia and Jasmine. Um, let's start the show. Perfect. A week is a long time in politics. I said at the start of the year, back in September, what a summer that was. We had a, a, a you know, Prime Minister resigning, a Tory leadership election, and a new Prime Minister appointed. It's a little bit of deja vu, Mia. Yeah, it is. You know, with um, obviously the big news um, of the week of this past fortnight is the resignation of Liz Truss um, as, a, as PM and the and Sunak uh, winning, well, winning the uh, race to be the next PM by quite a lot, actually, since everybody basically stepped out of the of the running, and so he just immediately got uh, elected. Absolutely. So let's break this down for our listeners. I should say, um, joining me this evening, we also have uh, Jasmine from A3, who I think it's your first time on Bry Radio, is that right? Welcome. Thank you, Mr Waters. Yes, it is. It's my first time on Bry Radio. Um, I think Truss surely had to resign. Just she was bringing the party's name to disrepute. Um, Shots <laughs> fired. <laughs> yeah, she kind of pulled a bit of a Boris Johnson there. Um, yeah, wasn't going very well. I agree. Her. I think it was her time. Definitely. So if we were to go back to first principles here, uh, or the, you know, create that timeline, mm-hmm. f- first question for you this evening, why did Trust resign? Let's think about the events, let's think what happened, mm-hmm. because there was that famous quote one day in Parliament, I'm a fighter, not a quitter, <laughs> and the next day... She's gone. She's gone. Yeah. So let's let's think back to Trust's appointed in September, then the nation is in a, a period of mourning for mm-hmm. roughly a fortnight, not much can yeah. really go on. She was only really in power for two weeks after that, what a dangerous two weeks. We spoke about the Kamikaze budget. We thought we had the fallout with just the Chancellor being sacked. The shortest ever Chancellor, which is surprising, giving him six foot five. But, <laughs> thank you, Mia. <laughs> Credit. There we are. <laughs> oh, laugh at Sir's jokes. That's how it works. Fantastic. Um, we thought that was the effect. That was it. Quartet gone. That would be it. But it kept on going. What else happened? She U-turned on most of the policies she made. Um, this um, doesn't include stuff like fracking as well. Um, we got the 45p tax budget as well. Um, and all these other little things that she proposed um, with her Chancellor Quasi Quartetings. I think the first thing like, in her timeline is that she appointed him in the first place um, as a minister for the well, transfer of Exchequer, even. And since she appointed him, she proposed all of these things. That might have worked in maybe a bit like a country like America, um, but not so much here at all. Um, that's something we call neoliberal, um, and <laughs> which is a sen- is, is a conservative. Don't it's let also it. Thatcherite. Yeah, Thatcherite is another way to explain it as well. 
um, where essentially you um, you let the people themselves do what they want you, Very with minimal government. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's right for our listeners. That's a new term, I think, on on our show. Yeah, that was that mean. That's right. Uh, Where's that come from? What's the uh, comes what's the from? Dearest Margaret Thatcher um, and what she did, and she is she basically, you know, she gave when she so she privatized a lot of um, economy. She privatized a lot of businesses, and it, in doing that, it kind of um, it gives the government like less interference with um, you know with the economy, and it's kind of. Um, it's a it's in the sense that everybody's um, given an equal opportunity, but you you've got to like because everyone's given an equal opportunity, you've got to make what you can of what you have. Yeah, very much a stand on your own two feet approach. This small state, as you know, the welfare state created according to Thatcher this sort of culture of dependency, mm-hmm. and therefore we need to have the state not be involved in industry. So the nineteen eighties, sixties, seventies, the state of course owning things like British Rail, British Telecoms, British Gas, Utilities. That side of things, the motor industry as well of Britain was partly, you know, not entirely, but partly owned by the state as well. Thatcher comes along and says these businesses, they are inefficient. They're too expensive for consumers. There's not great choice. As a result, a result it's, you know, poor service as well. Let's privatise and let's sell off all these nationalised industri- industries. When we get loads of money comes in from that, we can then cut tax rates and everyone keep more of their own money. Brilliant. That's what Thatcher wanted to do. And to increase the quality of said services as well because they've got to compete with each other. Too right. Yeah. And this is this is trust. This is trust. This is trustonomics, trickle-down economics. Mm. Why did it work in the 80s but absolutely was not going to work today? Despite... Like, no, it wasn't a great place when Thatcher took place in the UK, but it was still far better than it is now. We're heavily in debt due to COVID and now the Ukraine war. Hence, all of this money uh, taking and then giving techniques that Trust is trying to install now won't work because we already owe enough money. As Rishi Sunak said, it's like putting it on the country's credit cards and letting our kids and their kids pay yeah. for it eventually. I mean, this is why the, the international money... And monetary fund and the banks of England got, you know, so mad at Liz Trust mm. um, because how how are they how are they meant to give loans to yeah. to like to businesses or to the government yeah, exactly. when they don't think that they're going to be able to get no, the money back? Exactly. And so that's why, um, you know, yeah. we were in a bit of a sticky situation. Yeah, absolutely. So there we are with sort of trustonomics and why that failed. That's the thing about the Chancellor of the mini-budget. Jeremy Hunt, who had formerly been Health Minister for quite a period of time, had certain Tory leadership elections before. Mm. He is now the Chancellor. He's there as sort of a firm hand, experienced minister, yeah. not somebody who's aligned to Liz Truss as much as Quartet and mm. the rest of that, exactly. uh, that, that sort of faction of I the party. Truss also didn't carry out... She completely disregarded Boris's um, manifesto which he made in 20 back in 2019 which which was which what which was what scored him his huge majority because um, it's you know everyone liked the manifesto it's what the people wanted and so for trust to come in and completely disregard it all it was I think she was doomed to fail from the start in that sense oh great phrase to use there this trouble um, Johnson's economic policy is on the left of the Conservative Party Truss's economic policy is on the right of the Conservative Party oh, yeah. they don't go hand in hand the people the electorate voted for Johnson's levelling up mm. that's you know investment in you know in everywhere particularly in the north and in into uh, the devolved regions as well 
and teamed with that this idea of building things such as 300,000 new homes a year. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, and that's interventionist. That's the state involving itself in the economy. Trusts wanted to cut taxation. Wasn't going to be possible. We move on a bit. I think, you know, away from the economy, what was the deal with um, Suella Braverman? Oh, she, um, she um, resigned because she sent a, something of high importance, I think, something to do with MI5 yeah. from her personal email address, um, and she got in trouble for it. Yeah, completely. She's done this before as well, so this isn't actually the first time. And I think this is an example of a prime minister putting somebody who's more of a friend than a colleague in cabinet. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I scratch your back, you scratch my back kind of thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think think you're completely right with that. When Liz's Liz's new cabinet came out, I think a lot of... A lot of the new ministers were a lot of her buddies and chums, especially I think the health minister was one of her like good buddies as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Therese Coffey, um, Deputy yeah. PM and health minister. So not having much of a, an experience in, in either department, I would no. say, no. particularly. So she, the problem with Trust's Cabinet, and we're going to contrast this with Sunak, so we'll come back after the break mm-hmm. in a moment. Um, Trust's Cabinet was just full of her friends, her allies, that she was rewarding loyalty, and it wasn't a cabinet of all talents. We'll contrast that in a moment. But Brevin's letter, she was the Home Secretary, and we'd had the shortest ever Chancellor, then we had what seems to be not the shortest ever Home Secretary, that is now, oh, I've forgotten, who was put in temporarily, Grant Sharps. Uh, yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, There's one thing from um, Brazil. So she had sent from her personal email address confidential information to a Conservative MP who was not authorised to receive it. Mm. That's a huge no-no. Has to resign under which convention? Uh, Individual ministerial responsibility. Spot on. I just want to highlight one little sentence, a couple of sentences here from her letter. As soon as I realised my mistake, this is a letter to Liz Trust's resignation, I rapidly reported this on official channels and informed the Cabinet Secretary. As Home Secretary, I hold myself to the highest standards and my resignation is the right thing to do. The business of government relies upon people accepting responsibility for their mistakes. Pretending we haven't made mistakes, carrying on as if everyone can't see that we have made them and hoping that things will magically come right is not serious politics. I have made a mistake... I accept responsibility. I resign. That My those drop. words, you know, <laughs> I think from Liz going to, I'm a quitter. No, 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 I'm a quitter. I'm not a quitter. I'm a fighter. To her resigning um, is because of that letter from Suella because it's basically um, guilt tripping her almost um, into resigning because. You know, she hasn't made the right decisions and she really was just magically waiting for it all to get better. So I think that might that might have just been, you know, the the wake up call for her. Yeah. Right, let's take a little break there. When we come back, we're going to talk about to- the Tory leadership race and Johnson and Sunak and what Sunak means for Britain and the world. Uh, coming up, I think we have, I have to say, it's, I think it's quite an apt song. You'll know it when you oh, hear it. Yeah,
no sound but the sound of his feet Machine guns ready to go Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the doorway, the bullets rip To the sound of the beat, yeah Another one bites the dust Another one bites the dust And another one gone, and another one gone Another one bites the dust, yeah so much for listening it is Tuesday the 1st of November it is at half past 8 we're going to talk a bit more now about the new Prime Minister his cabinet what's the deal so how did we go through his leadership election because we did a lot on this back in September mm. there was a whole big process it took you know, seemingly two months it went through yeah. god was it painful this one this has been like ripping off, ripping off, ripping off a plaster what's the what's been the, the story didn't Liz Truss spend more time campaigning than she actually was in government that is a pub quiz fact <laughs> right there that and who was the shortest PM ever yeah, yeah. sorry I just thought that was a fact um, uh, Rishi Shunak's actually had the shortest in height PM ever as well oh he is I think I think Truss was shorter really I've got I a feeling know. Sunak oh. is 5 foot 7 does it matter well it would be quite mm. funny if you had like, the shortest Prime Minister than the shortest Prime Minister 
I don't want to fourth this year. Let's not have the year of four prime ministers, Alfie. Only three more. I want to keep updating my, my lessons all the time. It changes too much. I had it all ready for the executive and back in week six. I come yeah. back. Oh, I've got to change all the names around. The amount of examples I can use now is wild. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely no shortage there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, the, uh, this... Um, PM race was a little bit different compared to the last one because um, well it was the same people running but it was quite obvious that Rishi was had um, you know had a lot had a substantial lead and um, when when Boris announced that he was running again I think that was quite a shock that was quite a shock to me it's quite a shock to everybody I think I think I think so Johnson didn't ever announce he was running it was just no. very clear he didn't actually probably say I am running he came out in the, in the end and we'll get to that in a moment where he said I'm not running but oh. he didn't publicly say it but privately of I course he was trying to <laughs> Graham Brady chair of the Tory backbenchers the 1922 committee he organised all the rules for appointing party leader original rules were 15% of the Conservative Parliamentary Party and then it's a knockout through there final two go to the membership this time he said candidates need 100 MPs yeah arbitrary number and then we'll go to the party membership that was that was the situation so who was in the running who were who were the, who were the, the, the favourites what was the story of that over that sort of first week of half term well I had this was actually quite helpful because it showed you all the Tory backers um, and Boris Johnson he was number one for like a couple of days actually and then Rishi did manage to take over um, you also had Penny in there uh, Penny Mordown. Um I saw Tom Tuchenhout who was quite popular at the start as well but then he lost some backers um, when they all started to go into Rishi um and then there was another woman as well. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. her name. Then. But why? Why this hundred? What was the problem? So we identified that Liz Truss did not have mm. confidence of the House of Commons, never, you know, no. of her own party, yeah. really, of her own parliamentary party. So why this hundred? What was the what was the objective of changing the rules this time? What they're trying to make better? Because change, reform, it comes around trying to improve something. Well, last time the MPs did vote for Rishi. Absolutely. Um, it was actually the Conservative members themselves that voted for trust, hence why she became PM, because they were the second ones who voted, and they kind of had more of a say in the end of it. And what's the problem with the Prime Minister being chosen by this party electorate rather than by the MPs who are currently sitting in that House of Commons? Party leader, when that's also Prime Minister, opposition's a different story, <laughs> yeah. but when you're it's, it's party leader and yeah. Prime Minister, why do you need the full support of your MPs? Well, first off, they are your MPs. I mean, you know, they were voted in democratically. It feels very undemocratic to leave it to the Conservative membership as, you know, they paid about £4 a month to join this little club of being able to vote for who should lead the entire country of exactly. a deeply unpopular party. And they're less educated as well than some of them. Well, <laughs> well I think so, in my opinion. Um, but also, it's like the backbenchers of mm. the party. They knew more. They're going to be yeah. affected no, exactly. more by... No, they, yeah. mm. no exactly. They, they spend their time in Parliament with yeah, their exactly. own party. Yeah. And they, they, you know, they influence in their, the decisions that mm. the, pro, uh, the Prime Minister actually makes yeah. through... You know whether they vote on a law that they're passing, exactly. whether they don't vote on a law that yeah. they're passing. Can the Tory members do that? No. No. And is that why Trust failed? As, as me, as you said, she was doomed to fail mm. because 
more of the MPs supported Rishi than yeah. supported Truss. And Truss only had a few more than Mordaunt. Yeah, exactly. So only barely a third of her own parliamentary party. She was never going to be successful. And then she came along and decided to change, as we discussed, economic policy entirely. Yeah. Shot herself in the foot. I think yeah. when we think about where, where to lay blame... It's at her doorstep, and that doorstep is no longer in Downing Street. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> but, you know. but yeah, I completely agree. You know, uh, without without the backing of your backbenchers, you will you won't get anywhere. So, do we think sooner? Because let's, let's, let's you know, do some projections here. Let's call it now. How long sooner can powerful? The latest an election can be called or can ask to be held is January twenty five. Mm-hmm. So he's got just over two years. Potentially. He's still got a good work majority, about yeah. 70-ish. Mm-hmm. Something's about Matt Hancock this afternoon, which might have changed that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but how long is Sunak going to be in power for? I, I mean, think he's going to make it. But I yeah, think same, after Sunak, we might be beginning to see the end of the Conservative Party. I, I completely I agree. agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the most successful party in the world, but I think it's, time, it's run its course after Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. I think the general public has had enough of this party. Mm, I mean, I think we'll have to see where the economy ends up by yeah. January 2025. Mm-hmm. I think if Rishi can kind of dig the economy out of the ground yeah, and win the people's kind of vote back yeah. by doing so, winning back the cost of living, then... No, that's very true. Never know. But yeah, no, I mean, these, these past months, the opposition's had... Labour Party, um, you know, they've had a field day with scrutinising <laughs> everything that they do. You know, every little step they take, their Labour's like, oh, we can do that better. Yeah. And the public's yeah. listening to that. They're like, oh, wait, they can do that better. I think they've shown that on Prime Minister's yeah. questions exactly. recently. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so I think um, just on, on that Labour point there, it was like just before we broke up, we said, is this a Labour moment? Starmer, at long last, is finally saying things. He's finally gone to his groove and is attacking the government. And are we starting to see today's opposition possibly being tomorrow's government? Oh, yeah. Seems seems likely. All that front... Until 2025. Has he got a genuinely good front bench? I'm still... I think think I'm still sceptical. I think it's got Starmer, but I'm not convinced he's... I mean... You know, government of all talents, trust didn't do it. Sunak, his cabinet is more is broader. Yeah. He's trying, you know, by keeping in the likes of Cleverly as Foreign Secretary, that's somebody who's on the right of the party on that sort of trust yeah, faction. Exactly. But he's brought in some of his own people as well. Yeah. His cabinet's much more balanced. It's Definitely. a government of all talents. There are more people in the Conservative Party, but you know, Starmer's party's had time and I'm sorry, the opposition, why aren't they campaigning for things? I know that's ever I now. They're just sort of there. I mean, they don't have to campaign, though, do they? I mean, when you're a shadow cabinet, all you really have to do is scrutinise what the actual cabinet's doing these days. That, that's what the they, I think that's what they, all they have to do. Are they? I mean, yes, they're ahead in the polls, but I want to see policy coming from the shadow cabinet. I want to see them presenting themselves as a group of people who are electable. Yeah, we're not, yeah. not as choosing Labour because we hate the Tories. And I'm going to disagree with you, Alfie. I do not think it's going to be the end of the Conservative and Unionist Party. Really? I can see it going on. 14 months ago, 16 months ago, Boris Johnson was as popular as he'd ever been. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, no, things can turn around. No, but I no, but uh, I don't think that was just scenario. because of his manifesto. I really yeah. don't think that, was just that that was definitely because of his mandate as well, his personal mm-hmm. mandate. Personal exactly. mandate, and but with that popularity came the Conservative Party popularity. And yes, there were events, Which but events can be good. So he's had a you know good command on you know vaccines and stuff, stuff and furlough. All those things yeah. made him popular. It worked until Partygate and his personal mm-hmm. muppetness. Is yeah. that a word we can use? I don't see why not. Yes. Far out, Mr. Mills. Absolutely, that's fine. There we are. Good to know it's still 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 being watched. I can't see it being the end. It's not as though it's going to collapse in on itself. Oh, no. Some talk. My my estimable colleague, Mr. Vincent, says it might split. Mm-hmm. There could be, I think, something of a, a centrist, one-nation unionist party, yeah. and then a lot of them going off to the reform. Is Nigel Farage making a comeback? Oh, come on, let's please not. And if we introduce PR, I know it's one of those things, even <laughs> AMS, we give them a voice and a standing. Yeah. Uh, you know you know what, I'm, what my thoughts might be on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly. I mean, there's, there's this debate whether first past the post is uh, good electoral system yeah i mean in my opinion (laughs) like i think it is i think like i think if everybody like yeah it's more fair if everybody gets a say but in you know in theory um it's more fair but in practice if everybody gets a say then no decisions will get made because everybody will have such conflicting opinions you know yeah you know the the backing that would be needed to get a law through would be much harder to get because there'd be so many different opinions on it yeah, exactly. Too right. And I would say as well, I'm, so, I'm going to say this again and again, for Starmer to win a majority in the House of Commons, he needs to win about 30 seats in Scotland. He's not going to win that majority in England. He'll win the North back, mm-hmm. you know, the red wall. Yeah. Will, the, we'll the red then blue wall will go back to being red. How are you going to say it? The wall will be broken. The, yeah, the, red, the, the red wall that was broken will be rebuilt. Yeah. The blue wall, I think the southwest, will go back to being a yellow wall. As it was pre twenty ten or pre twenty fifteen, I should say. That mm. see the return the Lib Dems. Where have they been? Nowhere. Ed Davey, stand up, wake up. Oh my! Start yeah. being a force for you know. This is the perfect time for Liberal Democrats to come. It out. is, and yeah. where are they? Yeah. Where are exactly. they? Like, They're yeah. slagging off the energy policy that was decided yeah. in twenty ten. This is Ed Davey, you know, saying you know energy we should have got this right. It's because of policy that was made by the coalition. Yeah. Hold on, Ed Davey. Weren't you energy secretary back then? Yeah. Mm, is that why it's being quiet? Yeah. I can't see Starmer and Labour winning in Scotland. SNP support is, is still fairly popular. Yes, yeah. Sturgeon's it's had some growing, trouble. We might talk about that. Yeah, it comes. It's always, always yeah. pulling about the same. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they have been the third biggest for ages now, haven't they? Third largest, yeah, yeah. since yeah. since fifteen. Yeah, mm. that's true. Actually, they're forced reckoned. Yeah, we can't gosh. ignore them, and that's where Labour wins seats. Mm. The North and Scotland, and it's and it's that key bit. It's not either or. It's, it has to be both. They won't win, I think, in practice in Southwest, Southeast, and. Do you Western think they could Midlands. win with the coalition, though? Of who? SNP, maybe. Labour SNP. What will the SNP demand? Do you think, Mia? I've no idea what they'll demand, but if they need the and Scottish seats. The SNP will demand a referendum on oh, independence. Yeah, of course. Would yeah. Starmer ever risk that? Yeah. I don't no. think so. No. He- uh, Sunak. It's all about Sunak. Sunak yeah. is interesting. Sunak is it's one of those big moments, I think, in our history. Mm-hmm. He is the first Hindu prime minister, the first prime minister of Indian descent, 
ethnic minority. Yeah. I think I'm also right in saying the first non-Christian since the war. I believe so. I believe yeah. so. Uh, Disraeli, of course, was Jewish, but that's the 19th century, so too long ago. And you know, I suppose you know, Lloyd George as well had several Scottish prime ministers, yeah. but that's you know, under the umbrella of being I will, British. I will give it to the Conservatives. They are very good at their diversity. In practice, they are, yeah. Three women, one Hindi now. Yeah, no, that's true. With leaders. They they weren't. Obviously, we know, in the past. Yeah. uh, It's in the past, so no one was. Yeah. Um, But, so they are slowly Mm. getting better. I mean, with representation of women in Parliament, um, in the actual cabinet, it's it's quite good, but in the actual, like, genuinely in Parliament, um, it's about... 30, I think it's 33, 33 or 34% um, in Parliament. And considering that in the world, it is literally 50-50%. You know, I feel like it's got to be a reflection of society within Parliament. Um, And if you go to another job, like if you look at the stats of a a uh, a doctor, yeah, a doctor, um, you know, there's their workplace is um, is fifty fifty. So I don't know. It feels like we'll see. I think that's that. I don't want to get our teeth back into sort of women in politics. You know, one of one of our features perhaps later in the term. That'd be mm. good fun. Yeah, definitely. That's brilliant. Uh, what are the big crises Sunak or the big problems that Sunak is facing then? The um, big ones. Cost of living crisis. Cost of living crisis. Eventual recession. Um, deepening inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. And I don't think it's helped that sort of everyone's kind of grilling him about the fact that he's not going to go to COP27. Yeah. I mm. think <laughs> he's got a lot on his yeah. plate and <laughs> no. say that he kind of... I get that it's in their manifesto they wanted to help the environment, but at the same time, kind of think he's got enough going on for him to not have to go to COP27. Mm. But, I mean, you've got that thing where it's like, is sustainable energy way forward it's expensive but if we invest in it now it would be so much better for the long term and we wouldn't have to buy all of this oil Mm -hmm. to keep us running so maybe and you could talk about fracking as well then say is that energy potential available yes there are environmental consequences but that's where we get energy from Mm. and would it help bring the cost of energy down and with that the cost of living crisis other problems we've got or he's got not we've got they're his (laughs) NHS in disarray, uh, Ukraine, Brexit fallout is still ongoing, back in the background there. Yeah. With COP27, it's one of the situations where he's in trouble if he does go, in trouble if he doesn't go. We have He has so many problems mm. at home to fly off to Egypt. Yeah. Egypt. Yep. Egypt. When there are all these problems, makes him look bad. To not go makes him look bad, doesn't care about the environment. Exactly. He's tricky. He's now trying to bend his way. I think I saw in the paper this morning, he's trying to open the door back to possibly going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I we'll think, how, how long would it last if he was there, do you know? Uh, the world leaders normally go for a couple of days or so, yeah. so uh, I, two or I three days. So it's, it's, it's possible. I think he should go. I think he should go and represent the UK. Does it? Maybe. Or the end. Let's have a cabinet again. Let's have cabinet government rather than prime ministerial government. Rather yeah, than putting everything onto one leader, yeah, exactly. we do have an energy secretary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have a foreign secretary. Mm-hmm. Let's have rule by cabinet. Let's have a cabinet of all talents. That's what we want. What are the big problems with uh, with Sunak being PM as regards the cost living crisis? Oh well, he's right. Like he's. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think 
it, I don't think it should affect. I don't, you know, I think he, because he has a lot of income, um, the cost of living crisis doesn't really affect him. And I think for a lot of people, that's very aggravating to them because they feel like he doesn't understand what type of situation they're in. Mm-hmm. So he could potentially be out of touch. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on that, we'll come to our next song. And when we come back, we'll do a wrap up of other events of the week. Bye for now.
Welcome back. Thank you again so much for listening. I'm going to do a little shout out to all of my politics students who I'm sure are listening. So that's to my A2s and both of my A3 sets. I'm sure we're all there learning so much about all those things we've you know, developing our examples and our knowledge. Fantastic. What a great resource this is for you every fortnight. Any other shout outs from the team there? Um, I'd love to give a shout out to my family in Canada and my grandpa who's listening. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'd love to give a shout out to my mum. Mum, if you're sending me texts right now, I don't have any internet, so I can't receive them. That is why. Um, and my friend Hermione, who could be listening. Um, I'd absolutely love to shout out um, Liz Truss. <laughs> um, I hope she had a good time in office, but it was her time to go. I think uh, could we get her on for an interview? She's not busy now. Oh, that's yeah. so true. Well, well, you yeah. you you take the lead on that one, Alfie. Good yeah. luck with it. Um, there we go. I think well, a, number, actually, a number changes every week. It seems I mean, at the moment. That's another story. Every Christmas, I do write down a street Christmas card, and they do reply. <gasps> <laughs> well, let's pause what we're going to talk about. And tell us more, Alfie. So that's pink ladies. Every, this. Yeah, I write Buckingham Palace and Downing Street a Christmas card. So I always buy like you know. Like, pack of like four details for my entire family so when I have spares I always write them to like official administrations like you know like Ministry of Defence MI5 <laughs> Buckingham Palace Downing Street Windsor Castle wow and most of them do reply <laughs> snazzy I like yeah. it yeah I'm going to put touch with, it with um, uh, Mr Payne does that occasionally as well yeah. I think something similar yeah. anyway um Overseas news time. Got a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, big news in the Middle East, women's movement stuff. I'm going to hand over to Jasmine. Hi. Um, so basically, just a brief background of what's going on in Iran right now is that a young woman who was 22 years old was travelling to see her family and she was not wearing a hijab. And basically, the morality police picked her up on it and beat her to death. And she has kind of become this martyr for the anti-Ayatollah movement in Iran. The Ayatollah is the religious sort of, um, there are two of them, supreme leaders in Iran. um, And they actually seem to have more power than the president of Iran currently, which is very, very worrying. That is really worrying. Um, Yeah, they're obviously just controlling... The mortality police, what they do, the morality police, is they have the power to arrest any woman who isn't wearing a hijab or if they're wearing accessories such as nail polish or if they aren't properly covered, then they have every right to arrest them. And since this, there have been explosions of protests worldwide for women's rights in Iran. Mm. Yeah. That's... Wow, that's... She got killed. Yeah, this 22-year-old woman. She's just travelling to see her family. That's... That's... That, that, that kind of stuff leaves you speechless. Yeah, you know? it does, like, definitely. I mean, and it's not the first time. I mean, this young woman, she has just kind of become the sort of martyr and the face of the revolution, but it certainly is not the first time. And the other issue is censorship, so... Since this has happened, platforms such as Facebook and Twitter have been shut down in Iran, and um, we just can't see what's truthfully going along, and it's just it's wow. terrible. This happened in 2019 as well, censorship. Yeah. I think, I think it's really hard for um, these women in these Middle Eastern countries to um, 
to start protests or anything like that and it's so incredibly brave of them when they do because because of the rules um, about women in all of these Middle Eastern countries um, they're incredibly sexist um, incredibly oppressing um, and yeah I, I think for these brave women to actually stand up and protest is just yeah. amazing because they're they are putting their lives in danger mm. we can specifically look actually um, there was a young woman who was representing Iran at one of the world climbing competitions and after she had finished her climb um, she took off her hijab on live TV and threw it down <gasps> to sort of represent this sort of start of the revolution wow. she can't go back to Iran now of course but which is terrible but that's incredible it really is yeah women's protest starting uh, just doing some quick reading on it 234 have been killed so far in these protests over the last well, roughly four or five weeks it's ongoing incredible for feminism worldwide that they're brave as Mia says to stand up and Fight for you know for liberalism and for, you know, for be able to do what, what they want to, mm-hmm. and I think it makes us appreciate the right to protest and how important yeah. that is and why you know for you know taking this as one thing and you know making it bigger worldwide why it's necessary you know things that we can do now we can you know say what we you know within the the guide you know rules and things about you know school radio what we yeah. need to on the radio <laughs> we're not censored about that in the UK and that's something that's you know perhaps important to fight for. Liberalism. I think it's you know there was a, a chap on the news last week in last week who says that we're possibly entering our most dangerous decade since the Second World War. Yeah, uh, I don't often listen to Putin, but potentially we are around the globe. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, and something perhaps to you know unfortunately get right. And I think it's a worthy cause, free speech. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Trying to end on a bit of a high before we wrap up and play our last song. Mm-hmm. Just a bit of a high, a bit of a, um, a lighter note. Matt Hancock, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh my. I'm so close to forgetting about him just existing in the world of politics, but now he's decided to come on to uh, I Must Love to Get Me Out of Here, which is back in, Aus- in Australia. Um, so, you know, can't wait to see him eat some bugs and <laughs> sleep with snakes, and, you know. Mm. I'm definitely going to be watching this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is for for my uh, politics students' listeners. This will not at all count as wider engagement watching Matt Hancock on I'm a Celebrity. Um, You know what? I beg to differ. I really think. Oh, it's it's not the same as reading the broadsheets. True morals of an ex can. My goodness. Right, here we go. Guys, right, we've got to wrap this up. Thank you all so very much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Let's hope there's not another new Prime Minister. Um, Thank you so much to Jasmine, Mia and Alfie. It's been great fun as ever. Mm. Thank you to you all for listening and enjoy the rest of uh, of week seven. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA.